Hey, it's well, a brand new week here on Shift and Stare. It looks like everybody's happy. Everybody's laughing. Matt's We're laughing. Kind of We're today, like he was just embarrassed or something. But uh, it's a new hey, day. everybody. Well, I saw something maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we, let, let's not even go there. Zoom's been going on for a long time. But hey, everybody, on today's show, we're going to talk about the disaster in Austria. We are going to talk about some two-wheeled motorcycles. And I think I'm going to bring up Mustangs. And we're going to talk about... What else, guys? They're Matt Stangs. They're actually called Matt Stang. We can talk about the Mad Cave. I'll tell you what we should do first is talk about Geico. Yes, I think we should. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. So, you know, maybe you guys, uh, if you own your home, raise your hand. If you rent your home, <laughs> raise your hand. Uh, well, either way, it, it could be a lot of hard work. But you know what's easy is bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already or your shop or whatever. So just go to GEICO.com. Get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Yeah, we talk hoops on Robert Ory's new podcast, The Big Shot Bob Pod. I would have loved to play with LeBron because if you get down, get open, get to where you're supposed to be, he's going to find you. Feel like he got robbed for MVP. But with Robert Ory, we cover the floor and we talk about everything. And so your youngest so, is a teenager. So he's yeah. not going to high school right now. He's doing everything via Zoom and he, Dad, can you help me? Nope, I'm running away. I'm running. <laughs> From the team that brought you the big podcast with Shaq, it's The Big Shot Bob Pod. Coming your way soon on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, LiveByLive.com, and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes, Brad. Interrupting my ad read. What is it, Brad? I said you can insure the man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you know what? I'm officially a Geico customer. There you go. Cool. Yeah. I actually actually got a a motorcycle policy recently. So uh, it's Geico. (laughs) Is bundling, is that like what Bernie Sanders did? He's appearing in all that. He's kind of bundled. (laughs) He's sitting there, and so uh, I wonder if Gary's he's gone viral. <laughs> yeah, he bundled his uh, his his weather and health insurance all into one picture. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and his middies. So, yeah, that thing is everywhere, man. I mean, it's yeah. it's on every car. I mean, it's been you know posted. You know, it was just it's it's hilarious. It's it fits in so many places. So. Yeah. Uh, Bernie sitting in his chair. Bernie in the chair. If you haven't Bernie seen it, good for you. Bernie in the chair. <laughs> if you haven't it. seen it, you're not on. You're not on any social media, Be, or even yeah. watch the news or do anything because it's everywhere. <laughs> so. Hey, I'm sitting in my chair today. Uh, Got a new background. Guy. Yeah, I see that. I see. Yeah, that. it looks like you're in a bathroom stall with all no, the uh, tile work. Daly's machine in Omaha, Nebraska today. Oh, and, okay. Uh, so, so his office looks like a like a bathroom. This, this is a true <laughs> machine shop, brother. This is where you walk yeah. in and you drop off your parts. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, there, that there's right a billet there toilet. I see. Is his uh, Mike Daly's dad. Had a lot of really cool race cars. That 55 is one wow. of them. He also had a badass Opal GT, like a 70s Opal oh, GT. Oh, wow. That had a Hemi. Yeah, the other cool looked like a little Corvette stand. And, yeah. and it was an all steel body that was a flopper body, like a funny car. And that wow. thing was so cool. And this machine shop, they they did all my all my engine work, all my heads back in the day. You know, everything I needed done, they always got it done. There and a place called Charlie's Speed and Machine, 
But uh, the thing oh. about dailies is you'd walk up to that counter there and uh, you can't read the sign above, but it says, it says, uh, we only accept cash and checks. And then checks is crossed out. We no longer take checks. And, uh, <laughs> and it was like that as long as I can remember. But you'd look around the corner and all these guys are working in there. They're porting heads. They're, you know, CCN and, you know, doing everything. And over in the corner was a 67 split window Corvette that was up on jack stands with the knockoff wheels taken off of it. And I'm telling you, from the first time I ever went in there, that car sat there. And and it was like everybody that came in, I guess, would be like, hey, is that car for sale? Is that car for sale? Of course. And, he course, would never yeah. sell it. And uh, then finally, about, uh, I'm going to say 10 years ago, a high school buddy of mine finally bought it from him. And the car had no uh, miles on it. It was it was awesome. Uh, it was, you know, just some you of know, the cool you, things. You said 67, but wasn't the split window 63? You're, you're right. That was my, yes, my error. I'm not a, I'm not a Corvette aficionado. No, I hey, get it. Coming it, from a Ford guy? What the heck, Matt? Well, that's a pretty distinctive one year only, and uh, I just yeah. screwed up. You know, actually, it, it's not really Ford or Corvette. You know what it is? It's Pete Brock, our friend Pete Brock, who oh, yeah. who designed the you know the the you know he did the the BRE racing team of the Dawson Five Tens. Worked with Shelby, did the Shelby Daytona right. Coupe. Yeah. When he was a young designer at GM, he designed the '63 split window coupe with that team. Oh wow! Their design team, yeah. That's uh, it's so just, cool. It's, it's one of Pete's accolades that people seem to forget all the time because yeah. he was so into wow. the BRE stuff and the Shelby stuff. Right. But right. he was a young designer on that on that team with with GM as well. Do you know one of the interesting? Wow, that's really cool. The split window Corvette was that when it came out, people didn't like the split window, and there yeah. were actually sure. people that the following year when they removed it and came out with the one piece glass, people would take their cars to the um, body shop, have them. Saw cut that out, put the new piece of glass in to make it look like the newer version, and because they had a better line of sight. And that's one of the things yeah. that made the split windows even rarer was that the people that did that kind of malarkey. Well, you know, uh, it, it's funny you bring that up now because we've we've been down this road a few times on the show. How oftentimes a a vehicle failure or a design failure is what ends up making it the rare thing. Right, you know, and and become desirable because it it didn't do well. But it's interesting. Like some cars didn't do well and aren't worth shit, and some (laughs) didn't do well and are worth all the money these days. Right? Like it's it's kind of yeah. You don't see K cars going across the block at any of the big auctions going we have a k car coming up now <laughs> this was lee iacocca's brainchild and, you know no you <laughs> yeah like that little four by four dodge i sent you guys that, that yeah that, that little little two-door pickup oh, yeah. car yeah. <laughs> it's still sitting there for sale so if you kind what? of that's weird if you get no, an edge yeah can't yeah, believe I, that I, didn't I, get I think, scooped I think out. it's the wheels that turn it off oh yeah <laughs> So, Aaron, um, you and I were talking, uh, there was a big fire over in Europe. Why don't you fill everybody in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, the, so the Top Mountain Motorcycle Museum uh, burned to the ground. I don't think they figured out what happened yet. The whole place was wood. If you haven't seen this place, look it up on their website. It was built in 2016, housed about 230 uh, rare motorcycles and, and cars. They had a little poor speedster in there, and they had a, some really cool stuff. But it was a beautiful museum. And, uh, yeah, like 4 or 4.30 in the morning or something, it, it caught on fire. And within, I think, a couple hours, it would burn to the ground. They couldn't save it. Now, we're talking this place is like 6,500 uh, uh, feet up. You know, it's way up at the top of this mountain. And it was the highest, uh, I think, the elevation museum in the world. But uh, it sits near the border of Italy in Austria. And uh, the windy road that goes to this place is epic i mean it's like it's in every photo of like oh dude that's the pilgrimage we got to ride that road so it was a neat idea to ride this this you know your motorcycle or something up this road and and go to the museum but uh yeah it's a real tragedy i mean i mean there was some really really that uh uh, they had a flying merkel in there you know they had 
uh, vintage MB Agusa, Agustas. They had, uh, you know, Harleys and Indians and, and, uh, uh, JAP bikes. And I mean, all, I mean, just everything you could think of that you go, Oh man, look at that. Uh, Vincent Black Shadow. I mean, everything. And well, it's they all also about, had a lot of prototypes and a lot of, uh, aerodynamic yeah, one-offs. Yeah. But yeah. You yeah. See the photos but, of the fire. I mean, that oh. was fully engulfed. I mean, it looked like something out of a movie, man. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big ripper. You and being at the top of mountain, I would assume you could see it from several countries. Uh, a, a really, really sad story though. Um, I don't think anything was saved. I think everything was a total loss and it was a, a collection. I'm going to mess up their name. So I'm not even going to try, but it's, it's two uh, twin brothers uh, who started it and they own a bunch of, ski resorts up there and i think they own part of the mountain itself um but it's really cool guys big enthusiasts they've been collecting these things you know most of their lives i would presume because it was a big collection and uh and then of course there was a bunch of guests uh uh, uh stuff in there too that that, that wasn't theirs uh in the collection on show right, so there's also like, some rare portions yeah. and audis yeah yeah there was um, a 356 in there and yeah they had some cool stuff if you go to their website it, it shows a bunch of stuff of course they're all over youtube because it's a it's a big motorcycle and, and enthusiast uh, pilgrimage place so yeah very very man, sad very he, very sad. these are the worst stories because there weren't any fox bodies in there matt so don't have yeah <laughs> well these these are the worst stories because the cars in the bikes aren't replaceable. I mean, no. right. yeah. insurance can write a check and you can feel a little bit better about that, but it, you just can't do it. And I, it keeps bringing me back to uh, well, Brad. Priceless. Uh, yeah. Brad, one of, one of your, you know, over the years at Bond Speed, one of your customers owned some Bond Speed vehicles. And yeah. one of the vehicles that I really, really wish I would, 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 that I kind of wanted, like it was on my wish list of bond vehicles was the truck was the truck with the, uh, you know, the short cab. I think it had like a Cobra engine in it or a mod motor. And it had like maybe an IRS in it. Um, we, we talked what, about that. What, what that yeah. was, was when the new body style came out of the new Ford trucks, um, they asked me to build something. And so I said, well, the new GT just came out. What about giving me a GT motor? And yeah. And they said, oh, well, it doesn't work because one, the chassis talks to the body. The other, the body talks to the chassis. I said, just give it to me. We'll make it work. And uh, they sent me a Roush-prepped GT motor and (laughs) and a six-speed transmission, not a transaxle, a (laughs) six-speed transmission. So we had to figure out everything. Those trucks never came manual, so we had to, you know, figure out all of the clutch pedals, figure out everything, and... We did all that, put it in, and it had uh, IRS out of a, a Lincoln Navigator. We back half the whole chassis. Um, yeah. Wow. And my friends over at DSE, Kyle at DSE, did all the chassis work. And then we, um, you know, put all new suspension up front with Coney shocks, uh, coilovers on all four corners. The thing had tons and tons of body work. It had a $30,000 stereo system, had eight hides of leather in a two-door cab. Um, And uh, everything about that was hand-fabbed, one-off wheels, and it was fast. It handled great. And you're right, Matt. uh, The guy who bought it from me, he built a brand-new high-security building for his collection of cars. He had Yinko Camaros. He had Shelby Mustangs. He had um, my 66 Chevelle that I had done on a Morrison chassis and all it was all in bare metal and I hadn't gotten it done so he bought that that was there and uh he came to his house in Palm Springs this was up in Canada and he uh said I felt so good because for the first time my new building was done high security and he said that um he got the call from the fire department that his building had caught on fire They couldn't get in because the fence around it had stiletto wire and the steel gate. By the time they cut through everything and got in and then busted down the door to get in, it was a, it was fully engulfed. And uh, they found out it was a a battery, you know, box, you know, one of, I'm not going to say a brand name. uh, One of the battery, you know, things that keep them charged up and uh, it had shorted out. And caught, and the photos he sent me were just because he had it oh, like all the cars on lifts, 
and he had about yeah. 50 cars and it was like a U. Well, what happened is the fire got worse. The lifts collapsed. So every car underneath, all the cars got burnt, but the ones underneath got smashed because the other cars fell on top of them. Yeah. And the truck that you're talking about, he had in the, in the like recreational area where he'd hang out with his friends, he had a huge window that looked out at the cars and the, the uh, bond speed F one fifty was right outside the window and so, because he, he liked it so much, he said, I could look out. Yeah. The C10 he had, had collapsed on top of it. And there uh, was not one salvageable part. I even asked him, can you send me something for posterity? And he goes, there's nothing. He goes, the aluminum all melted. He goes, there's not even a wheel I can, I can. Wow. Uh, yeah. so that's a hot fire too, to, to, yeah. puddle, on, to puddle all the metal I mean, like and, that. And just, you're right. So many elements of that loss of the engine and all the custom work, but like super rare engine. I mean, that was a disaster, but I always loved that thing. I saw it at SEMA. I, I remember you guys building it. It was such a badass vehicle. Uh, and it was kind of the ones at the top of my list of like, you know, it, it'd be fun to get a, a bond speed vehicle. And that was, that was that was the jam right there. I mean, short bed, like regular cab, manual transmission, like it had all the good. What year do you think that was? That you was did that? that? What year was that body style truck? Four, I believe. And yeah, and you talk about oh, you were a baby back then. I know, no, but guys like Little John Patera, <laughs> you know, um, who's really famous in the hot rod circles and was a friend of mine. You know, the surround around the shifter and all of the stuff on the dash. And uh, it had a it had a handmade carbon fiber wing on the back, and the and what held it in place, all of that was machined out of billet aluminum, and it was all done oh. by Little John for me. So I mean, there were people involved in the project that made it even more valuable too, you know. And it was just everything about it. We even took the dash apart and remachined the instrument cluster out of brass so that it went with the whole feel of the truck. And the mirrors, um, I remember Ford telling me, it's a pre-production truck. We don't have anything else to give you. There's not a parts bin to go to. And so I want to, you know, the mirrors on those trucks are ginormous. They're just huge. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember getting out there with my cutoff saw and taking the mirror apart and cutting it. And I cut two inches out of it, bonded <laughs> it back together and then I went down to the glass shop in Tustin and had the guys cut me new mirrors for it. But I remember when I was doing it, I was so nervous, you guys, because it's like, if I fuck this up, I can't go buy another one. There's not a salvage yeah. yard. There's not a. So it was like yeah. one time or no time. And I got the first yeah. one done. I looked at it. And I went, it's bitching. Crap. Now I got to get the other one done. You know, those are the kind of things. <laughs> what, what was that color? That was on it. It was a special mix uh, that DuPont did for me. It was an eggplant purple, but soup almost leaning towards the black. The only thing I didn't yeah. like about that was I wanted it to flip gold and it muddied up. They put a little too much bronze in it and it got a little muddy on the flip, but it was specifically to look black, except for in the, excuse me, the highlights where it would look eggplant purple. Yeah. Street rod colors. <laughs> well, at the time, um, it was, you know, when we built that, it was a real, you know, we were trying to really come out with something that would just give you a highlight of color, but look a little sinister yeah. everywhere else. But everything yeah. on that, wow, I mean, it's cool. And built exhaust. Yeah, it's a cool vehicle. Forgot yeah, a very cool vehicle. Speaking of which, did you guys see that photo I sent you over the weekend? I was uh, just going to say, yeah, you, you, you speaking of on speed cars, that, that little T-Bird was badass, man. Yeah. Thunderbird <laughs> really? that, that I did and then licensed to Celine to be the Celine Thunderbird and, you know, get a whole brochure, a sales brochure and everything. And then Ford nicks the whole Thunderbird program. But that car... Um, I sold it at Barrett Jackson the same time I sold the truck and it literally went to a warehouse and has not seen light of day um, uh, except for when I, when it was down there, a friend of mine goes, Hey, your car's down here at Palm Springs cars and coffee. And it's not the same guy. It's a different guy. And okay. um, I was like, it is. And he goes, yeah, he wants to sell it. And I was like, really, you know? And, uh, and then, 
I started talking to him. I go, you know what he wants for it or anything? And, and, uh, and he goes, well, he said he put a bunch of money into it. I go, what did he do to it? And he goes, well, he changed the exhaust and he did this and he changed it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not even interested anymore, you know, because it's like, oh, no. It's like you don't take a one off Ford Celine prototype. I mean, yeah. even the plate on it says Ford prototype and, and, and change it. It was um, like the exhaust. I worked with Borla and we did a polished stainless exhaust and that has a full rear belly pan that we made uh, a rear diffuser belly pan that goes yeah. to the axle i was so pissed when i heard they said that they changed the exhaust because what they did is they just exited it nascar style right in front of the rear uh tires and i was like do you know how many hours i spent bending those tubes and getting them because you have to reach up under the you know, yeah. because it's, gotta go it's not a removable belly pan. You've got to kind oh. of reach up. You got to remove the whole face oh. to do it. And fit everything, why. fit everything, took it apart and got <laughs> it all to come exactly out where we wanted it. And I, and um, it had a tiny little rattle. One of those things when you build a car, oh, I'll fix that next week. Oh, I'll fix that next week. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> that's why he changed it because of the tiny rattle. I was going to put some of that fireproof blanket between the belly pan and the thing and just you know that would have taken care of it easy fix but somebody went charge this guy a bunch of money to redo the exhaust the wrong way you know it's interesting because the picture you sent i zoomed in on it and it looks like that they you know you you said it it comes out before the rear tire and and yeah they they fabbed up like a rocker panel with an outlet it looks like a viper yeah and and they would have had to cut into the one-off rockers because all those rockers we handmade. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it actually got me thinking about, hmm, I've got another set of body panels. Maybe I should make my yeah. – <laughs> not worry about buying well, that one back. Make another one. I mean – Put a coyote motor I mean, or something. Well, that's the thing. It's like you could buy the Thunderbird basically for nothing probably right now, right? Oh, yeah. And then, I'm for yeah. nothing. And, and I know we talked many times about doing it with a manual transmission, but the truth is, is a coyote motor with the modern day six speed automatic is, is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and if you wanted to, you could even do the paddle shifts for the six speed and just do it, just do it that way. That would be a pretty cool combination. Oh yeah. yeah. And like I said, I've got, I, a nose, I, I've got a tail and I, you know, I have the molds, but I actually have yeah. those an extra nose, an extra tail, and an extra set of rockers that we pulled. The only thing I don't have is for the one-piece tonneau. I'd have to probably fab that out of metal because the one we made, uh, the mold got dropped and got broken. Uh, so. You know, also, just to kind of mix it up, it's not the worst idea. As, as, as fun as a Coyote motor would be, uh, an EcoBoost four-cylinder uh, crate engine, the turbo crate engine, they're 300 horsepower. Yeah. And with a little tuning, those things are lightweight and they're 400 horsepower with a little tuning and mods like all day yeah. long. And that's, that's a small lightweight motor where you just think about the balance you would get in a vehicle like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do an eco boost turbo, move that thing as far back to the firewall as possible. You know, the transmission controller, everything's electronic. So you can pretty much put it wherever you want to put it. Right. It's not really so much the linkage at that point could be well the way we were going to kind of interesting the linkage i think automatic's the way to go and everything and and like you said um and that car was fun to drive you know when i drove it it was a it was kicking the butt to drive it was a it was a nice little handling car because well, you, you definitely made it look better said <laughs> so you definitely made it look better because those things oh. were ugly. <laughs> you know what? what was the engine stock it, it was a V8. Um, I don't remember what, what <clears throat> cylinder it? it was in it. It was um, one of those things we'd have to look up. But, yeah, that was the thing. They they just weren't that good looking, and we, you know, we redid it. They were like, what? You know, I mean, they, they were like, that's what we should have done, you know. But we, you know, we just took a different yeah. approach, and it uh, worked out really well. But, Speaking uh, of T-Birds, uh, uh, I believe Dad's T-Bird is out of paint. And oh, it is? To go. 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm waiting for Rich to, to send me some photos, but uh, Dad's flying home today, and he wants to see it Monday. So cool. they've been hustling. So I'm I'm real excited. He's talking wheels, Brad, but he's talking wire wheels. He wants a classic, you know, like not a million spoke wire wheels. So that Can't means you're out there. unless you want to build some wire wheels. <laughs> nope. Like, wire wheels, Dad. Could do the, you know, what he could do though is some wheels that look like hubcaps or have hubcaps. You know, then he could get yeah. the size he wants. I, I wish he'd do like a like a like a, a, a murdered out you know dish style wheel. I, I think we're doing a so, so like an old. We got yeah, a guy. Yeah, here. I think it would look so cool. We have a customer right now as a fifty-five four-door, two-ten sedan. Uh, maybe maybe it's not a two-ten, but a fifty-five two-door a uh, four-door. Excuse me, Bel Air. And, um, and it, uh, was the car that his parents brought him home from the, uh, hospital in. Right. Oh, wow. How cool. And this guy flew, went back to Texas, found it in a field. It was a piece of crap, brought it back, had a Morrison chassis put under it, all kinds wow. of stuff, an LS motor, but did it right. He wants it to look bone stock. The interior looks stock. Oh. It's got wow. huge Huge bare brakes, six piston brakes, front and rear, but he wants it to look bone stock. So we're doing some wheels for him right now that look just like a steely, and we're going to actually paint them exactly like the car would have had, and then we're machining a groove into it so that the stock uh, hubcaps, the little dog dish hubcaps will go. Oh, wow. Because, oh, cool, because I, I, I always like those the, those those artillery wheels, you know? Yeah. With, with the little scallops because mm -hmm. because i told dad they're kind of sp spoky you know they, they, there's a little design element to that you know and but he wants the classic wires so yeah no i, right. I know what he wants like that that thing has that look and it's uh that's what all the old guys want <laughs> oh, <laughs> that. so, dad, that's what all the old guys want are those wire wheels yeah. Well, at least he doesn't want white walls. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But it's cool because yeah. it's like a real deep metallic gray, dark. It's real dark with ox blood interior, and it's it's badass, man. It's gonna look so good. And I don't know if, if for you folks listening, um, this is Ronnie Montrose's old Teeper. So it, it it's it's uh, I think it's a '63. Uh, I, I think that the the, the the round tail lights, but um, uh, a gentleman. Uh, gave us the car and uh it, he's got all the documentation it's it's ronnie's old car so it's real special so 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 dad dad dumped some money into it to have it uh, uh renovated and uh and yeah he's gonna hold on to it so that's a pretty special thing that's cool yeah it's good yeah, yeah so what's the update T on the Matt cave? yeah uh, did you like the logo that was created man <laughs> <laughs> did you, yeah i did love you, the new shift and steer did you like them? that's awesome did you like the logo we created, Matt? Oh, I, I didn't. That's the one you just posted. I didn't. I didn't see it yet. Hold on a sec. You have to look uh, at it. Yeah, it's, yeah it's I think awesome. you just. You I think you just it. posted it. Um, <laughs> let me. Uh, let me look it up while you're doing it. Um, Matt Cave. <laughs> you're looking now. You got it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see. I, I see it. Actually, I I like it. Wait, who's the dog? <laughs> That's a fox for the fox bodies that are in there. Oh yeah. Boy, uh, my I hair said the same thing, Matt. I'm like, what's with the dog? Yeah. <laughs> Rick thought since it's always fox bodies that you're talking about, he's got to have a fox on there with you. I I don't know where Rick finds this stuff. It's like, what year is this picture from? My hair was big. Those glasses I lost in Italy years ago. <laughs> I ask him the same thing. Sometimes he puts the ones up of us like we're we're like oh, ah, you know. Um. Uh, Rick yeah. So uh, uh, moving along with. <laughs> with the uh with the cave um working with uh with a nice group uh, i think it's called eric's uh, eric's floor and coating uh they came in and to do i i wanted to just lay down just like a, a new epoxy coating on the floors and fill some of the cracks and things like that and i you know the process you guys have done this before they got to come in there and they've got to grind that cement right it's Ugh. just kind of like if Man. you're gonna like do a good on the floor. You know, if you're going to do like a ceramic coating or some sort of, uh, you know, heat paint or something on headers, you, you know, you always kind of want to sandblast it first. Like yeah. you just want the rawest 
form of yeah. metal. And the cement really is all about the prep. And one of the things that I learned in this process was it's also about the, the humidity, the water. So we're right next to the wetlands and not far from the beach. So the amount of water, amount of, um, uh, uh, humidity that's coming up through the cement. There's a meter that they use. And they said, hey, if you don't use a good epoxy or even a vapor layer, like a primer first, it doesn't matter how good it is, that that moisture will come up through the cement and cause that that, that epoxy yeah. to, to basically pop off. So yeah. they had to do a lot of work, a lot of prep. Um, there's about, I don't know, 1,900, maybe 2,000 square feet of warehouse cement floor and I knew they had to grind it. And this guy, this poor guy that showed up, one guy showed up with like, I don't know, like a nine or 10 inch orbital sander attached oh, to a vacuum on, on, his, on his hands and knees with knee pads, just oh. doing the whole thing God. by hand. And he had to do two passes on the whole thing. It Dude, took I saw nine that hours. You posted the guy down there, and I'm like, going, they're doing it on their hands and knees. I thought he was touching it up or something. No, oh, one guy did it. It took nine hours per day for two days, and then they went in and they did a really good job of of patching uh, all the cracks and the little divots and things like that. But somewhere along the wall, it was weird. They somebody must have done some plumbing or something and it's about it was about i don't know about two inch wide there's like a groove along the wall it was about two or three inches wide but you know 10 feet long and it just had this cement groove that dipped down so it was flush and then it went down at an angle to about a two inch drop and we basically just had to like level the whole thing we had to pour cement level the whole thing so uh, they went in, they uh, did two days of that, um, cleaned it, prepped it, laid down all the epoxy coat, put the fleck on there. And then today, as we're recording this Friday, uh, they're going to come back in the afternoon and do the top coat. What right? color so, did you do? Uh, so technically it's called a whisper gray. So it's, 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 it's a gray base and the fleck in it is a gray white and a little bit of black fleck and uh, so the fleck does two things is um one it does provide a little bit of grip get a little bit of traction and the other thing is is it definitely hides a lot of imperfections and high dirt i said i just wanted solar color gray and he brought me like three big tiles with gray and you just put your foot on just the dust from your shoe footprint 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 you would never be able to keep it clean you would be constantly just be dusting that thing Hmm. like i get it if you're the peterson museum and you just got people walking around with with a dust machine you know just like a big floppy swiffer all day you could get away <laughs> with it but just in the shop it was it was just you too just much have to have and a big kind of eye robot that is constantly mopping the floor you know it's just <laughs> just constantly like just constantly doing it the reason i ask you about the flex i know it gives the grip i know it hides it's the reason i ask is every time i've worked on one of those floors with that it happens yeah. every time i drop something like a screw or a <laughs> never find yeah. it I, i'm going where in the hell is that because yeah you want around the magnet so what i started <laughs> to do is um putting down like i have this big black mat you know that you can lay yeah. on in the car i put that down and hopefully it doesn't roll off the mat you know what i mean because right. It, yeah right. it's like son of a bitch you spend 20 minutes looking for one little spring clip or something you know that uh, yeah uh, <laughs> I, I, honestly it's it's oftentimes less expensive to do the fleck and it's not so much about the the insulation process it's just that became the norm that it's just a little bit less expensive for the materials if you do the finer grit that uh fleck which oftentimes you would see in a commercial kitchen um but that's a little pricier and honestly the solid the solid color is a little bit pricier because you have to even go to one or two steps further in the prep to get it as smooth and clean as possible. Honestly, if you're going to do the solid color, 
my recommendation would be you do it on fresh cement, do it in a, in a new garage or a new, you know, poured slab, like any type of wear and tear when they've got to fix cracks, don't even go with the solid. It would be tough to do. And then do and- high gloss black. Cause that will, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well, listen, I, that, probably, that would, I was going to say the white, you're going to see more, but um, I, it turned out pretty good. These guys uh, are doing a good job. Uh, there's, there's a lot of sort of debate as to when you can get on it. You know, it's about, uh, you know, an eight to 12 hours before you can walk on it. And they yeah. say t- two days before you can drive on it. But honestly, I, I, especially we- if it's cool it is now yeah i give it give it three four five days before you really drive on it or put heavy stuff on it i've got to move a few things in there there's a little bit of furniture and stuff but even then i think i'm just gonna lay down some carpet just so they're just yeah just cardboard yeah (laughs) just what you don't want is just like the foot of a couch or something you know it's not super you don't want that to like kind of just sit there and you kind of want to even the load so a little bit of cardboard or something but it's it's looking good, and uh, you know we're gonna have the cabinets done, but that's gonna be a few months. It's a little bit kind of back ordered, but they're all kind of custom done. And so I thought you were gonna do a chrome a chrome floor, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you can't see anything. You can't see anything in there. Right? Yeah, sure. No, it'd, be, it'd be like on a cold day, you'd be like, damn, why'd I do this chrome floor? And on a hot day, you'd be, damn, why'd I do this chrome floor? Yeah. It's funny, like every day you'd come home, you have like sunburn on your chin because yeah, there's a skylight. Underneath, you know, there's a big skylight nose, there, and you're like, why is eyelids. the bottom of your, why are your nostrils burnt? <laughs> it's like being at Bonneville forever, you know? It's yeah. Like, uh, you got yeah, your phone to that. I wore shorts to work today, damn it, and then my balls are all sunburned, you know? It's like, <laughs> you got every well, pigeon in the neighborhood pecking at the floor. It's because <laughs> you walk around your shop and you walk around Bonneville with, with, with no pants on, uh, Brad. Wait, wait, no, but, uh, <laughs> That's, that's why your beanbags burnt. Great, Speaking of no pants. Great Baskerville at Hot Rod Magazine. He would always he would always come by the hot rod shop and he'd be like going, yep, I was out at uh, Bonneville and, uh, you know, every single year I forget to wear underwear. Oh. <laughs> He's got baggy shorts and, on. And and just, oh. I, Freiberger and I talked about that once because it was like, when I told uh, Gray I was coming up to Bonneville, he goes, make sure you wear underwear. <laughs> Freiberger goes, he told me the same thing, you know. He goes, <laughs> oh, man. Geico, maybe you own your home or you rent your home. Either way, it can be a lot of hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Anyway, so excited about the shop to get in there. And uh, uh, so uh, hopefully in in a week we'll kind of be in there officially. Cool. Still trying to work out this idea of the mezzanine thing we've talked about a few times. I don't really have a lot of information on that yet, but um, I'm going to be curious to know when when are you starting your mezzanine? Uh, so next I can... week. I'm supposed to have the okay. metal delivered next week, and uh, you should come by and look at it. And uh, we could talk yeah. about it off the air. I can tell you a few things. Um, yeah, I I am curious. Um, it, I, here's the thing: is I I got quotes from different companies from. Twenty-five thousand to one hundred and twenty-nine thousand. Oh, I know they're expensive. As Holy hell. cow! Yeah, wow. yeah. That's now, kind of, kind of different sizes, but that's again the variation of what you're talking about. And by the way, on the floors, there's some options, right? You can do polished concrete, and you can, you know, you can do a polyurethane, which is even stronger than the than the epoxy coating. I got quotes anywhere from. Eh, six thousand to twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, on, on on floors, even though there's slightly different options, but just straight up one epoxy coating to another. It, even if you discuss with them the prep and the whole thing, those prices range from seven to twelve thousand dollars. So definitely do your research, get some quotes, ask them. There are some companies that come in and go, we can knock this thing out in a day. They send three guys over with machines. They grind it down. They lay down the epoxy and then they leave and you're done in a day. 
I would not necessarily recommend that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, <laughs> I, it, it takes it. It takes a little bit more more time than that. And you know, maybe the guy that comes in, he's like, yeah, yeah, for six grand, I knock this thing out in a day. I, I and then they say, oh, and then you can get on it the next day. Just twelve hours, you're fine. You drive on it, it's better. I was like, but just I, know, there's I no think, guarantee. Okay, just so yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No uh, warranty. So I, I don't I don't know about that. So um, it was it was kind of learning about the process and then going toward, you know, picking somebody that I thought was going to be able to do, do some good work. It also helps when you check in with them two or three times a day and hover around <laughs> them a little bit and have them go, see what I did here. See what I did here. See what yeah. we're finding here. Because if you don't, it's too easy to just kind of move on and hide some flaws. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah so, no, that's good. Supervise. Yeah. You kind of like, you don't have to be there the whole time and stand over them like a dictator, but you do want to check in a little bit and see what's going on. And if they run into yeah. issues, uh, you know, but it, it looks, well, you know it looks you pretty good. You walk around with, with a set of those those machinist uh, 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 magnifiers, like the top yeah, of your yeah. head, you know, and a real bright light and a level. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just walk around with those and just kind of be checking stuff and <laughs> yeah. let them know that you're serious and thorough. <laughs> That's it, like the laser leveler, all that stuff. Yeah, just yeah. Kinda, kinda doing yeah, the carry thing. a laser pointer and sit in your, la- yeah, yeah. your lazy boy. What about this? What about this? Yeah. What about hey, this? What's, yeah. that? what's that little light? <laughs> Shine the light on the bump. What's that right there? Yeah. Uh, but it, it takes a lot of work, especially if you're on your hands and knees with a 10 inch grinder and you're doing 2000 oh square feet. God. It's Big just, respect to that guy. it just, it just takes so much, so much that work. Dude, but, uh, to that guy. I'm, 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 I'm more than excited to let uh, Brad work on his mezzanine and come up with the, uh, with the trials and tribulations of trying to figure out how to do that before I even, before I even attack that uh, yeah. as a project. You, you know, you talk about floors years ago when I had the bond speed store and that was 10,000 square feet and we paid like, oh gosh, I, I'm going to say it was like 12 grand and all we, and it was a brand new building. And all we wanted to do was do a clear epoxy seal over all the surfaces. And, yeah. you know, all they had to do is come in, they use like an acid to clean it and then they yeah. lay it down and, um, it was, it was awesome. It was great. But the funny side story of that is that our grand opening, we had a huge grand opening and, you know, Michael came over and we had uh, uh, Ron Caps was there, all kinds of people. Well, uh, towards the end of the evening, Michael had his roadster on the center of the showroom floor and we were in town for a good guys. We did it in conjunction with the Scottsdale good guys. And, um, Michael uh, wanted to impress Ron Caps, and as he was pulling out, we pulled a big overhead door, and and uh, Michael jumps on his roadster and like does a burnout across my brand new doors oh, no. out the door, <laughs> and and we get outside. I go, thanks a lot, Mike. He goes, what do you mean? I go, you just burned out on the floors. We just had those done a week ago, and he goes, oh shit. And I said, <laughs> I said, he goes, oh, I'm sorry, he felt so bad. I go, no, no, no come here. So we took him back in and I had him take a Sharpie and sign it. And then I had Ron Cap <laughs> sign the other one. And I had the guys come back the next day and clear over the top of it. <laughs> and it actually made for a really cool thing. Could have been a disaster, but it made I it. bet. Yeah. That's, that's cool. a, that was a, cool. that was a much better idea than saying, Hey, Mikey, try to clean the floors. Yeah. There's a torch and a, some comet and a scrub brush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a torch would embed it back in there. It's even more. That was yeah. the, that was the same night that uh, I had my El Camino. Him and Caps were in Mike's Roadster, and we drove back over to Scottsdale. And Mike pulled up to the resort we were staying at, and he um, he walked out. He had his camera, his digital camera, and he set it on the grass while we were all talking. And then the next morning, he calls me. He goes, "See my camera." I'm like, oh no, I haven't seen it, man. You know, he goes, I go, you had it last night. He goes, yeah, that's right. He goes, oh crap. We go running down there at like six in the morning. And not only was his camera sitting there, but the sprinklers had gone off on his black roadster on my El Camino. And about three other cars sitting along the curb and his camera sitting in the wet grass. 
in the middle and and we're like oh, not uh, a good night. you know not a good night at all oh man so <laughs> i know you know that i always feel bad like 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 you go to the quail or you go to any of these car shows and yeah someone I, I shouldn't say the quail, but I mean, you, you go to any of these car shows and, and, you know, someone leaves the sprinklers on by accident and the next day, everybody's cars are trashed, but like the quail, you get fog. Yeah. So, you know, you, you always, you always go to the guy. You're like, did you bring a plastic to put over your car? He's like, no, why? And you're like, yeah, you might want to go get some because <laughs> you, know, you come back the next morning and it looks like it rained all night. It's just yeah. there's so much moisture and you feel so bad because, you know, when you're, when you're at a concourse, that's next level detailing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, that's borderline detail restoration. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's a in, big deal. And man. And in Arizona, the water is so hard, man. You got to oh, get right away or you've got, yeah. you know, water spots. Mineral etching. Yeah. You know, wow. You to, you've got Matt's floors. <laughs> uh, now I kept, I kept thinking flake, Matt. I kept thinking, wow, you did flake on your, wow. Like metallic, like you did fleck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the granite looking stuff, not flake. This whole time right. I was thinking flake. I was like, oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm a, Going uh, sparkly, huh? <laughs> I'll actually. Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it looks like those those spray cans you get in the craft store. You know, it looks like one of those. <laughs> like like drunk spatter paint, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the fleck paint no, that we used to do our cabinets with and stuff, color. right? Um, it's in the, the 80s. I always going to go with everything. Um, I, I remember in the eighties and early nineties, I, I fleck coated everything. <laughs> Half my studio oh, was yeah. all, all the cabinets were fleck painted with like neon oh, was flashes on they them. They used and... caution tape and, uh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, it so was Matt, a look. You, it was you're a thing. ordering cabinets. You got the floors. Yeah. What'd you figure out about yeah. your lift? Um, I, I haven't made it right on the lift yet. I, I haven't made a decision on the lift yet simply because I don't know what the mezzanine thing is, if it's going to happen or what size. And that'll kind of determine if I put it by the door. There is room to put it by the door. Um, oh, wow. That's cool. And uh, and so I sent you guys a couple uh, images that you'll see. There's, yeah. there's a, a close-up of, of the swatch. And then you can see this is the gray base coat. And then the next photo is, is the floor basically done. It's just not shiny yet with a top coat. So you can kind of see how, how, how they did it. So the various stages and I'll post all of this on my social media as well at motorator. So you guys can see kind of the whole, the whole process. How long do you think it'll be before you get a lift a while or. Um, Yeah, I I'm, I'm, not in a huge rush on on the lift. Uh, I, oh, yeah, I think it's nice. It's got a nice shine to it. What's the scale of that tile? Are those are those chunks like quarter inch or are they? Yeah, they so fine? that they look like huge chunks. Those are th- cool. They do, but that swatch is probably three inches by three inches. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought it was like yeah. twelve by twelve. I'm like, wow. No, it's like. Half an it, inch. <laughs> it's it's a little misleading because when you look at uh, the swatches and you look at the fleck that's in there, when you go through the swatches, you hold it up to your face and you realize all of the fleck looks huge. But yeah. when you're standing in there and it's you realize scale. everything is five feet away, six feet yeah. away, you realize it's it looks a little different. And yeah. it's it's meant to have almost a terrazzo effect to it. So it actually came out pretty good i'm curious to see how it is with the top i just didn't post anything yet because i want to get the top coat done did you the paint shiny the walls top. matt i uh, what well, before i before i rented the place they they came in and painted did you put this board in or is that gray along the bottom paint the gray baseboard was there it's, it's just oh, okay. a, so it's, that was all there. A, okay cool yeah, it's just a rubber trim um and actually th- they're coming back to touch up some some paint on the white walls. I just wanted to make sure it was pretty pretty clean. Um, wow, in case you cool. want to just do some photos and stuff in there. As far as lift, I, I'm not exactly sure what the timeline's going to be. It feels like it's you know, you know, one to three months. It's 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 months, not weeks, because it's not a super high priority 
because I don't necessarily need the lift right away. The stuff I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to be bringing some tools over, bring the Mustang Cobra over and do some work engine and finish the build on the, uh, the engine for the lightning. I don't need a lift for any of that. Well, the reason I ask is if you, uh, if you need something in the, in the meantime, I have a practically brand new uh, quick lift ramp system. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Those you are know cool. what I mean? Yeah. They're the, yeah, the yeah. big red ones that you drive up at pivots and then you put the thing up and it gets the car like three feet off the ground. If you've got, you know, anything in the meantime, cause I just got that disassembled sitting in the back. It's uh, I just didn't have a place for it. Yeah, you know, now that you mentioned it, we have also at, at Adam's shop, he's got a couple lifts and stuff, but we have a quick jack as well. We have a Ben Pack quick jack. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically like that. It's like a big portable unit. You can almost yeah, drag bigger, it around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and cool. uh and you know, you could just hook an airline up to it and and that thing works. And that's not a bad solution as well. At least it gets it up high enough, you can change the oil or something. It's really just about like changing brakes and and changing oil. Right. You know, once you get into more complex stuff, maybe you want to lift, but you can get into, you, you know, the quick jack thing. The problem with the quick jack, the, yeah. the, the, the problem with like quick jack and whatnot is it does sit in the middle of the floor, right? And if you did a two post lift, you can tuck the arms away. There's nothing in the middle. You can drive through it and yeah. it almost not even notice it's there yeah. until, until you need it. That's, and, and again, not really with a four post either, unless you leave the lift up, you know, right. Uh, right. Yeah. Otherwise you're driving over it and stuff, but I, I got to take a few more measurements on the lift. It, it, it's like a one thought is like, Hey, you can fit it in, but you know, in front of the door, but do you have enough room to work on stuff? Right. You know? It, the worst is when you're trying to take a wheel and tire off and as soon as you get it off, your back hits the wall and you're like, ah, I can't, you know, you're trying to lower the thing and you're like, I'm too old for this shit. My back. <laughs> That's but, why you get a, you, you get a wheel lift dolly. Yeah. Or you just take it to Galpin Auto Sports and have them do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do the front work. So, yeah, right. um, <laughs> <laughs> so you have to keep us uh, up to date and keep getting us photos so we know how it's coming along. And then I'll let you know on my mezzanine. So, so guys, um, before we wrap it up today, I'm thinking about buying a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. You were saying. It, that's so, that's but, cool. But buy, buy a motorcycle. Well, I'm wheeling. Trade. trade. Wheeling. Oh, I, I got, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That's what I thought. You might be acquiring. No, it's definitely, you know, a cost involved, but, um, so you guys, the little John speedster motorcycles and, you know, Mm -hmm. my old one that I had is at the Peterson, if it's still there, it was in the Peterson vault for years. And I've seen it when we've gone through the vault a few times and the, the white one down there is my old bike, but, um, there's one that's, um, available right now and it's one of the little john speedster bikes and i'm thinking about getting it now it needs to be tore apart and redone and that's that's there's nothing wrong mechanically or anything with it it just it's you know it's it's used and abused it needs to be uh redone and that's why that's good that's that's a good thing about it's been used it's uh Yeah. yeah no it's not a museum piece you know and, uh, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, that's kind of what I like about it. Cause I can kind of change up the look a little bit and maybe, you know, put my own hand on it. And, uh, just, um, uh, the guy wanted to deliver it today. I mean, he's like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to, you know, and, um, so I, I said, no, let's wait a week. I want to think about it a little bit more, but, um, you know, Aaron, you being a motorcycle guy. Yeah. What uh, what should I be looking for? You know, because I mean, I I know I can look at you know the, the it's the brakes, the wheels, cracks. What cracks? If it's got miles, look for cracks. Cracks where look though? For fatigue. In the frame, you mean, in the frame? In the frame? I I I'd be looking at cracks in the frame. You know, the in anything that's that's American made is going to leak a little oil. Uh, but but seriously, I, I I mean, if you're going to refurbish it at all. 
it's going to be taken down to metal anyway, and you're going to see all oh, that. Yeah, but I'm going to redo I, the whole thing. I think if it if it's going to be refurbished, unless you're looking for a hundred percent bone stock vehicle that's error correct, much like your T Bird, you you want to make sure that it's all there, and you'll recognize that. But if if you're going to refurbish it, I wouldn't worry about whatever you're looking for, really, because yeah, I mean, uh, you're going to refurbish it. It's you know. It's, you know you know, because the motor, the trans, that can all be rebuilt, yeah. uh, the gearbox. Yeah, here. yeah. If, uh, if you're going to keep it and you're looking for a, a, a rider, it's a whole different list of things to look for. And again, I would look for cracks in the frame. I'd look for, you know, old old repairs. I'd look at the, see if yeah, they use gasket have, sealer or real not, gaskets. You, you got to remember, this is like a hot rod of motorcycle. Yeah. So it's not, it's, just, yeah. it's not something that's got 100,000 miles on it. It probably doesn't even have, you know, hardly anything but it's been, it's been, so um yeah then then I, I would say i would say just just look for what you recognize as being original that you're not going to have to replace and then look at the condition of things that you can you know repolish rather than re-chrome you know what i mean or or, well, or look at what you want to do that's one of the things about john's bikes is he powder coated and what he didn't powder coat he anodized and a lot of the motor parts were hard anodized. So a lot yeah. of it's just stripping and redoing and yeah. things like that. But, um, well, that's good. Cause with powder coating, you know, depending on what they were powder coating to, you, you might want to look for corrosion under it, especially if it's a machine part that you're going to have to yeah. remachine if it's got corrosion. So look for those bubbles or those mounds, you know, that the unevenness, but uh, other than that, you know, if, if the wheels are machined, you know, uh, again, the cracks. Back and all, <laughs> you know, and it comes with an extra set of brand new ones. And uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of spares the, and stuff like that. So the, the image cool, I man. sent you, is that is that what we're talking about? That's actually yeah, that's my it. old bike right there. That's the one that's. A <laughs> I figured that's it was. You said it was white. I just wanted to. Yeah. That is he no. did them in various colors. Uh, some of them had a little cheater seat on the back fender. And, uh, but that's basically it. Everything, um, everything about John's bikes, like that rear swing arm, Matt, that when yeah. he machined the swing arm, the brake caliper is machined into the swing arm. And if you look at the wow, front, that's cool. Uh, the bottom of the forks, the caliper is an integral part of the bottom of the forks. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sounds maintenance free. <laughs> yeah. It's super, it's super simple and clean and, and, and the lines of it are really, really of that era it's it's yeah. it's a cool look it's it's a very it's a it, for that for that it, i think i think it's aged well aside from you know a little bit of the graphics uh you could and, and the seat design i mean i mean i think people are more into the flat seats and the l shape these days but uh you know a little bit of restyling and this thing's back on the road and no one's gonna go ooh, you know i think i'd probably <laughs> uh murder it out you know just yeah all black with That'd like a good. polished stainless exhaust and it looked badass, yeah. you know, so, bronze wheels or something too. You yeah. put a little bit of a, yeah. Yeah. That, that, but anyway, that so we'll, we'll see if I acquire it or not. Yeah. So the very cool, very yeah. cool handlebars are, are, are a big one. Brad, are you going to keep the bars like yeah. that? Are you going to yeah. put a little more drag style or no, those bars are kind of the design and they're the uh, controls and everything are all, Go built inside yeah. the bars. All of the wires go through the bars, and I really do like the bars. I'm not going to change them up. So yeah, cool. But uh, other Very than cool. A, yeah, other than widening it and putting a 12 inch drag slick on the back, and uh, <laughs> really, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not so, much for cornering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe I'll add another project to my list. Uh, then I got to get them done. Then I got to get them done. That's uh, Matt. You look like you just swallowed something. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I just looking up stuff. Just looking up stuff. <laughs> While we're doing it, he's so, he's lost in the rabbit hole of the internet. <laughs> all right, so Aaron's got a project we can't discuss yet. Matt has yeah. a project that he's trying to put his cars in, and mm-hmm. I have another project to move into my shop. So we're all, you know. We're not projectless. No. Yeah. No. In fact, I do have one that I can discuss. Uh, so I, I officially on the 31st of January, I will be receiving the donor smart car 
for okay. the first Isetta. So I will be tearing down that smart car into its basic essentials and uh, stripping out the Isetta and trying to merge the two, marry the two. Marsetta? So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a smart Setta. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. My you have any works. news you can discuss, Matt? About you're gonna your- do that. You're gonna do that Hayabusa engine, though, right? I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. I, 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 I have to get a hold of Dave Ankin because uh, I, I am gonna have the backup of, of what I. I really don't want to do the Busa motor. Then put definitely put a little tiny turbo on whatever you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, a little I think extractor pipe I, sticking out the back. I think Roscoff's going to want that thing as fast as it can go, but I'm going to say, dude, no, no, especially if you're going to drive it, man. That's why I don't build cars for other people. Cause no matter how good you build them, there's still the liability of shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be a headline. Cause someone got, you know, drove it too, too. Yeah. Far. Like, well, like <laughs> last year. Uh, yeah. You notice people don't drive uh, uh, Izetta's. They just put them next to their pool table in their collection or next to the jacuzzi or the bar. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Don't make them faster. Well, and, and, it's, and it's because uh, it's the other people on the road that run into you. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, Matt, you got anything you want to talk about or you want to save that? We're going to save it. We're uh, let's wrap it up. I've got to head out. Yeah, um, but I wanted to tell are, everybody uh, that your TRX show. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, never mind. Oh, uh, although you did mention TRX, and uh, our, our buddy Goldberg just took delivery of his Ram TRX. Post, yeah. Uh, uh, and oh, I thought he, TRX. I, I thought you meant like the rubber bands that you work out with. Oh, yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's like, and uh, he he's like, this thing is is fantastic, and I, wow. I can't wait to get one as as a press car to, to drive a little bit. Um, but, uh, he absolutely loves it. And, um, it already it's being sent out to be modified. It's, I don't know, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. What is it? 700 and something horsepower, 710, 711. Yeah, it's right around 700. Yep. Uh, his friends at gearhead fabrication that work on his other engines, they're going to not super drastic, not like engine swap, but they're going to do a tune and a pulley swap and a few things. And it's going to be like 900. <laughs> yeah. Um, he wants to get a little all, more air. First of all, <laughs> 700 is not enough. Second of all, though, it's amazing that a pulley swap and some uh, tuning can get you, you know, 200 horsepower. Yeah. Also yeah. in Texas, they've got 93 octane, right? right? We don't, not the shit we got out here. So, uh, and, and that makes a difference when you're just trying to get as much horsepower as possible. There is a difference between a 91 octane tune and a 93 octane. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they've got that going on, but, uh, right now he's, he's, uh, he's getting prepped for getting in the ring. He's got to do Royal rumble in 10 days. Oh, yeah. really? or 10 days as we record this. Yeah. January 31st in Florida. He's got to wrestle again. <laughs> I was going to say that was supposed to be out here, wasn't it? And then they canceled it and moved it to Florida. It's in, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's not at the WWE training where, you know, their place in Tampa, it's at, you know, like a, a stadium. I don't know exactly sure. Yeah. I heard on the news a, that it's a big event it's supposed to be out here. You they have to move it because California won't let anything happen. Like they don't give you a lot of heads up for that kind of stuff, by the way, too. Like they call like a couple days after new year's, they call them on a Saturday and they said, Hey, you got to do Monday night raw on Monday. And he's like, you know, it's the holidays. I haven't been in the gym in a month and a half. They're like, whatever, come out here Monday. And then they go, and when he gets there on Monday, they go, yeah, go out there and you're going to, this is kind of the pitch. This is the storyline. And also you got to wrestle in 30 days. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of the thing is like, you know, with, with his type of contract, you're basically on retainer and yeah. it's just the way it goes. And you know, uh, you know, admittedly well compensated. So it is what it is, but you know, he always wants to put on a good show and he wants to be yeah. able to you know, look good when he gets out there. And Matt, yeah. we've talked about this. That is why the three of us always stay ripped. In That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when you're going to get that call. Yeah. You got to keep the guns going, man. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, let's get into more stuff next week. Uh, I've got the that. Jaguar F-Type R, the new facelifted version that I just oh. delivered out front. So um, it's yellow, and you know how I feel about I yellow cars, but I am excited. 
a Jaguar F Type R. Oh, okay, gotcha. Wow, so those are cool. Yeah, it's gonna be a nice little sports car, perfect for moving stuff like into a new Absolutely. shop. Absolutely. <laughs> you didn't. I, I'm surprised you didn't call it and go, uh, "Hey, uh, you got a Dodge, uh, you know, Ram like big cargo van or one of those?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a yeah. van. <laughs> that I can drive for the next. Well, month. I, I. I did move a bunch of stuff this week in the Volvo XC60 Recharge. It's the plug-in hybrid SUV. Oh. And you'd be surprised. It's the midsize SUV, and you can jam a lot of stuff in that little thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? I saw that you had everything tied to the top and down the sides. And- yeah, I didn't put anything <laughs> in the vehicle. I just stacked it onto the roof. Yeah, <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like my Jeep Grand Cherokee that I stuffed a, an 800-pound yeah. lathe in last week. <laughs> Oof. You I brought a lathe home in your Jeep? And I stuffed it all in the Jeep and drove it home with the door open. <laughs> like like two and a half hour drive up the hill. It was only noisy when I changed, when I like it would downshift and you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you get that. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Thank all you. Right. We'll see you next time. And as always, Rusty. go to iTunes, give us five star rating. And uh, Matt, where can they find us online? Check us out at uh, shiftandsteer.com. Our social media is Shift Steer Media. I think on Facebook, we're Shift and Steer. And, uh, you know, follow me at Moderator. I'll post some, some Matt Cave pictures and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Nice. Check me out at Bradley underscore Fanshaw on Instagram. And Aaron, where might we find yeah, you? I'm, I'm Aaron Hagar in most places and the Rat Runners Garage on the interweb on the website. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. If you like this show, we're out of here. Man Seeks Adventure and Dixon's Wild Ride. You can find Man Seeks Adventure at manseeksadventure.com. 